All right. Hello and welcome to the American Soccer Crash Course. A different theme, different tone to this podcast after 12, 13 episodes of being really hype, getting excited for this World Cup, at times even being angry. I think we're left with a different emotion today. Max, what a, what would you describe your current emotion as on this? I mean, disappointment. Um, coming out of that first half, I felt great. I, I thought the yeah. first half, uh, we we were everything I thought we could be. Um, I was worried how we were going to look, you know, with the poor performances leading up to the World Cup. And the first half, I was like, all right, you know what? This is it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, which made it all the more disappointing in the second half when I think we showed our youth a little bit um, and, and we're, we're not able to see out the victory. But it was disappointing. Lodge, what do you think? I'm... About on the save wavelength. Save wavelength. Lodge just l- quite literally woke up from a nap, rallied, yeah. and so yeah. After the game, I went into Call of Duty multiplayer. Uh, was talking pretty pretty mean in proximity chat. Uh, took a nap and then woke up. Was still a little pissed, but I realized it was from the nap. It wasn't from the post game anger. So we're here. Um, yeah, I about as expected. Um, if you would have told me before the game that we were going to come out with a one-one draw, I would have been like, "Okay, that's not really anything surprising." Yeah, I think even if fact, it wasn't like good strategically wise, right? Um, yeah. I think I think just the fashion in which it was yeah. was probably the most disappointing part. Yeah. Okay. So uh, similar to your, your feelings, but if you were to give me a headline on the game, what would you what would you lead with, Lodge? Uh, first game fiasco, first game fireworks, something like that. I okay. mean, we we started off strong, as Max said. Um, definitely struggled, I think, probably height-wise and tactics-wise in the second half. Weren't expecting to have three center halves being thrown at us, all number nines, all super big. Yeah. Um, definitely struggled there. And then, you know, the substitutions, which we'll definitely talk about here, were questionable at best, questionable at best. I think some of them were great, some of them were not, so – yeah, I would just say, you know, U.S. US team shows its youth uh, in a second-half letdown. Um, I, I think really that's what I think it comes down to. I, I think in the first half, I, mean, you, I think you see the good sides of youth, right? We came out firing. We, right. came out, we came out hot. We came out pressing. We came out playing how we wanted to play. Um, and I think it's just a team that, you know, doesn't quite know how to win on this stage. Uh, and I think that's really what we saw really come out in the second half. Christian, what about you? Nice. Um, so, so my headline would be, well, shit, but it would be wel dash. Shit. Look um, at you. Yeah. Wow. yeah you yeah, had a lot more time guys. to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just really sprung this headline headline news on you guys last minute before the pod started. Um, and that is uh, that, that's just good wordplay. That's not even really how I would really summarize the game. But um, if I were to give a much boring, much more boring headline, it would be something like typical. Because I think there was some very typical behaviors being displayed by a lot of the players the coach, quite even the referee. So um, his performance during the game was mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched probably thousands of soccer games. Look um, at you. That's a lot. If I were That's to guess, lot. just over the past Just eight, throw, throw out a number, yeah. Yeah, if I, if, I, if I were to guess like past eight years, right? I have never seen a ball blatantly, and this was f- something that was beneficial to the U.S. I don't know if you guys remember this part, but there was a ball that was blatantly – like cleared out past the goal um that was called a throw in oh yeah and it was like it was oh, like yeah. very so clearly a corner kick i've never seen that kind of incompetence where like on a world stage a ball mm-hmm. like that is, is mm-hmm. clearly a corner kick nowhere near the throw in line and it gets called a throw in um and that was just an example of so many instances brendan erickson got chopped down late in the game 
uh, and it was just a very clear yellow card. Didn't get called there. It was just terrible. Yeah, just a, a pretty clear lack of like big game experience. And I think even you know the announcers were obviously getting frustrated with the inconsistencies and the stoppages. Right? Yeah, I mean when, Stu when Holden went right Stu after Hol- him. Stu Holden was like livid. Yeah, um, yeah, the inconsistencies and the stoppages, and, and even the inconsistencies in, in the yellow cards. Right. Yeah. I, I think I think just a lack of big game experience. He's not used to games that are that physical. He's not used to you know games being played like that. So I think just didn't really have a good eye f- like have a good eye for it. You know, in terms of even little things like that. Um, which was clear. It, it was annoying. It was tough. Yeah. Um, so did some research on him and definitely listened to the announcers. Mm-hmm. He did, in fact, referee a Club World Cup final, so I will give him that. At the same time, um, one thing that you're asking for, regardless of how a referee calls the game, is consistency. I think consistency comes down to what you're calling a yellow card, what you're calling a foul, what you're calling just consistently, um, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth from team to team. And it was just night and day, depending on really every five minutes, it would kind of flip-flop. So yep. it would be either pro-U.S. or anti-U.S. Um, it wasn't necessarily that much of an agenda either way. I think it was yep. just pretty poor both yeah. sides. For sure. Agreed. Um, Miller. I, <laughs> I do. I do remember that guy. Yeah. Sorry, inside joke. That's a high school ref. That, that high was school a high school guys. ref that Lodge was very combative with. At times. <laughs> Gave him hell. Yeah. Actually, to, to his credit, he was actually a good ref, though, was, he, I think. But he, Was there a mutual respect, Lodge? I don't think there was mutual respect, <laughs> yeah. It was more just like I was a jackass of a 17-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. There you go. Um, you know what? Contributed it to your long-term success. So uh, just to go through parts of the game. So lineups. How are we feeling at approximately 12.30 when those lineups dropped? I think, I mean, Christian, you and I pretty much had that lineup dead <laughs> yeah, to a T. First time ever. Yeah, pretty proud of ourselves. Um, and that's not to be expected in the Greg Berhalta era at all. Usually mm-hmm. you're having some weird stuff. And it was funny today because it was kind of flipped up, flip-flop between the starting 11 and then the substitutions. Usually yeah. gets the substitutions very right. Mm-hmm. Um, or has at times. Or at has at times, yeah. This was kind of the exact opposite, where you're seeing yeah. the exact 11 that you want. You're pretty happy. And going into the second half, I remember watching it with you, and I was just almost yelling at the TV, like, get these guys off yeah. the pitch. They, it's, we have, we're just facing a completely different team in the second half. That's yep. just, it was tactics. They did a great job. Welsh, give them credit. Um, the Welsh manager did a very good job at making second half adjustments, yep. and we did not. A good, another good headline might be a tale of two halves, which is something they always say in soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it really was. The producer's uh, just handing them to you at this point. Yeah. <laughs> All these headlines, man. You're putting my brain in a pretzel with the <laughs> third person there. But um, normally you go down the line and you're like, Christian Pulisic, ooh, nice. Uh, Tim Weah, nice, like that. Eunice Musa, and then it's like, boom, Aaron Long, boom, Jesus Ferrer, and you're like, oh, my God. Like it, It's normally a mixed bag, but to be that over the moon was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. A lot, or Max, I know it wasn't your preferred lineup exactly. Yeah, but like, I, I mean, I knew with my lineup predictions it was, was just wishful thinking. Okay. It was sort of <laughs> experimental. Sure. Um, I, all things considered, I mean, you guys nailed it. I think that's pretty much the best case scenario we could have expected from a starting lineup. I mean, we, they had all the guys we wanted in there. Sergeant at striker, no, Mm -hmm. uh, no, no weird ones coming out of the, you know, center halves or Aaron long, like you mentioned. So no complaints of starting lineup. We started out perfect. We did. We really did. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of, the way I was thinking about it was I was kind of expecting a draw today, like something ugly because of maybe how the U S had played and stuff like that. And I thought, if he puts Aaron Long on the field, I might actually lean towards Wales. And so I saw that lineup, and I didn't even see Jesus Ferrer or Aaron Long, and I was like, 
it's perfect. And then I, it was something that I'm used to as a Notre Dame football fan before big games. It's in that hour, hour and a half before, you're like, oh, shit, I think we're winning this one. And so it was the, the hype was building and building. And then um, to get right into the game, that first half, wow. Yeah. Did the U.S. play well, Lodge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked fantastic. Um, we kept possession. Wales didn't really have a chance, uh, like not even a prayer. We held it in their third. There were a couple times where you wanted to see more from Christian Pulisic coming a little sh- uh, deeper to get the ball, really mm-hmm. just kind of building up to play. Um, and the way that we scored the goal was exactly that, was he got the ball at about half, um, kind of a defensive lapse. I think Josh Sargent laid it off to him. He beat a couple people, and then Tim Weah did exactly what Tim Weah should do in that situation, which is play off of Christian and just kind of have almost a one-on-one with the goalkeeper at that point. It was fantastic to see. And to use your language, we were going bonkers in the family room. I'm sure people around America will, which is a – or were, which is a really cool thought. Um, and, yeah, it was cool to see Musa, Sargent, Pulisic, and then Weah finish that off. That, that goal in the 35th minute, really getting all our, our young guns, our good players involved in that goal. And on the flip side of the players who weren't contributing to the goal, um, Anthony Robinson was good in some of the play he had. The the MMA midfield, as we say, McKenny Musa Adams, they were just killing Wales athletically. Mm-hmm. Wales could not hang with mm-hmm. them. Tyler Adams was amazing. We're going to talk more about him. Um, and, the, and Tim Ream, wow. I mean, that guy, the, the, the center backs had – had a hell of a game um, until till late on, but especially Tim Ream had one hell of a game. Sure. Um, that first half, man, like we've it's it's go time. Like we we've talked a lot about this U.S. team, what they can become, the context of this World Cup, in the context of a World Cup at home in 2020. Excuse me, in 2026. Um, I can't. I don't, I'm not going to blow smoke anymore. It's about getting results. Today was about getting three points, and they didn't do that. But that first half, it really did feel like. This is why we did this podcast. This is that potential we're looking at. We look like a like proper outfit, you know. Even if it was just one zero, we'd been up one zero against Ghana mm-hmm. eight years ago, stuff like that. But we were bossing the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and one thing that stood out for me, I think, in the first half in particular, we talked a lot about the uncertainty at the striker position. Um, and Sargent, I mean, obviously, no, you know, didn't get on the score sheet, but you got to be really happy with how he played in that yeah. first half. I think definitely got got himself in a lot of good spots. Um, had some great hold up play on the goal. I, I think when we talked about you know the striker being a weakness, I think we got from Sargent exactly what we needed in that first half in particular. Um, and so that that has to make you feel good moving forward. I think. Um, so let, let me ask you this: Do you want to see any changes for the? I, I know we haven't gotten to the full game, but do you want to see any changes for the uh, England game? <sighs> Off the, off the top of my head, I don't know if I want to see any changes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I do. I, I think uh, some of the players that didn't play great, I think if we want to talk about that, I think Destin played have a great game. I, I think he definitely – I actually disagree with you. I thought you he do. played pretty well. But but we can disagree. So what do you think? Dest did what Dest does in games. I didn't think it yeah. was necessarily okay. poor. Um, you know, I think if he puts that screamer that he had from 40 yards <laughs> out on – on target, I think we're talking about him in a completely different light and we're <laughs> yeah, thinking we yeah. had a fantastic game. Otherwise, I mean, he didn't lose the ball in possession that much. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a couple times, I would say, not necessarily in great areas. Definitely in the second half, it was a little bit more when things were going well's way. Um, not not the greatest, but when it comes down to that position, we saw what De- DeAndre Yedlin did, the yeah. man who was substituted in, and I want Dust moving forward. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, no, I don't think he played terribly. I just, I don't know. I think he lost the ball in possession, I think, a couple of times. Um, I, I think he maybe sort of had a little bit of a lack of match, full match fitness, um, yeah. which I think manifested itself a little bit. But I guess you're right. I can't complain. I think, I don't know, Lodge, what do you think about Matt Turner's performance? I, I thought, you know, obviously he had that one good save, but I, I, would, I would say shaky overall. I, I think he had a couple moments where he didn't look great, yeah. um, especially in the air. I think there's he, he didn't have kind of the most authority in mm-hmm. the air. What do you think? I think it was a great game for him to build off of moving forward. Um, I had a coach, uh, a goalkeeper coach, used to tell me, you should make one all the saves that you should every half and one that you shouldn't. In the first half, he wasn't tested, so I won't really count him on that. But he made one save in that second half that he, you could say questionably he shouldn't have made. Yeah, that save where it was kind of a free header coming at him, um, almost tipped in, bar down, and he just tapped it over the bar. Very, very um, commanding in that way. But as you were mentioning, in the air, didn't look great. Um, it, but for casuals, in the air. A goalkeeper, when they're in the air, means when a ball is kind of played in high, because a goalkeeper can use their hands, they have about, I don't know, anywhere to a foot, foot and a half taller um, kind of reach. When a ball's like crossed in, like off a corner or mm-hmm. anything like that. And so you want to see them come out and command the box and win the ball. Um, he didn't necessarily look bad in the air um he had one where he kind of got bailed out by a foul Mm -hmm. i don't think it was necessarily a foul um and then he wasn't always coming out he wasn't necessarily as aggressive as he could be but that's just the style of play that matt turner has he's not an aggressive guy he's an on the line shot stopper as opposed to what some may call a total goalkeeper where you're coming out of your box you're playing a high line um, all of those things. Yeah. Although he did play a high line for that one at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah he came flying out, man. Yeah, that was a close one. Yeah. yeah. Great, great call by Kelly and Acosta to just kill Bale there. It's kind of a funny yeah. one, too. And we were saying it. But uh, talking about the, the, play at the death of the game where Gareth Bale essentially had an open net. It's almost like a like clear goal scoring opportunity that you would get a red card for, but he was at like the halfway line. Mm-hmm. So they have, they give him a yellow instead of a red in yeah. that instance, but it's kind of funny to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, and lastly about Matt Turner, I did think literally when he made that save after being untested cold, uh, I immediately thought of what Carter Sperry said when he came on for the, the Matt Turner episode, which was, uh, he was referencing the striker battle and how we said, I don't need somebody who does all the cute little things. I need somebody who scores goals. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't need somebody who does all the cute little goalie things, distribution being good in the air, which isn't that cute. But he finished it with, I just want somebody who's going to save shots. And that was exactly what Matt Turner did. So, yeah. yeah, that's the yeah. strength. So, yeah, definitely. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that carries us in, in, this, in this World Cup tournament. Um, so the second half, uh, Wales made a change to their lineup. Um, we didn't talk much about Wales' lineup, but, uh, I mean, you, you know Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale's a fantastic playmaker. Uh, Daniel James is a guy who plays in the Premier League. His kinda, he's just kind of fast. That's his thing. And then they also have this other guy, Harry Wilson, who plays for Fulham in the Premier League. And he uh, just has like a wand of a left foot, like just very good at crossing, bending the ball. That was on display all game with his set pieces. Uh, mm-hmm. He took really fantastic set pieces. So kind of more of this this narrative that there was a lot of typical play, lots of guys doing what they do mm-hmm. best. Uh, Dan James often struggles to get into the games um, when he plays for uh, Fulham at the club level. And he certainly struggled to get into that game the first half. So at halftime, the Wales manager made a change, and he put in Kiefer Moore, their 6'5 striker, uh, and took Daniel James off of the wing, the left left or right wing, wherever he was playing. Mm-hmm. I believe he put Gareth Bale, switched him from the middle 
forward position out to the wing and then put Kiefer Moore at striker. Um, and that really changed how the game started to go, Lodge. What, what really broke down there? I hate to kind of bring it to a most basic level, but our midfield, MMA, Musa, McKinney, and Adams, they're short guys. They just are. And so when you have a guy – the whole goal of the way that Wales played was long ball play off of their person that they're playing the long ball to, and then try to build something off of that where you have Gareth Bale in the first half. He's not necessarily great at hold up play, especially at an older age. He's mm-hmm. a little bit more um, expecting to get shorter balls, quicker touch um, and play off of that person. Um, when you have Kiefer Moore, a six foot five guy up top winning balls against our center backs or against our center defensive mids or any of our midfield um, it becomes a completely different game in that usually what we were able to shut down in the first half, we were not shutting down at all. And yeah. so I think based on that, we were expecting to shut them down in the same way, and we just failed to adapt. I think in the first 15 minutes of that second half, we probably lost our edge, I would say. Yeah. It was, it was incredibly frustrating to see because we were having conversations where it's like sub somebody on, sub somebody on that can go in, get stuck in, get a tackle in, um, and at the expense of our offense, at that point in the game when you're up 1-0, that's something that you probably want to do, and that's a mm-hmm. tactical change that you would like to see. Um, but we kind of kept the same formation, tried doing the same things that we were doing, and it just wasn't working anymore. And it was very frustrating to watch moving forward for the rest of the half. Yeah, uh, and Max, you brought up match fitness, Serginio Dest, right? Uh, there was two players. We talked about how the team was healthy. They were healthy in the sense that nobody was out for the World Cup. But Weston McKenney and Serginio Dest were both coming off injuries. So they were like doubts or it was unclear how fit they were, how long they could go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 15 minutes you're talking about, Lodge, it was very apparent that they were running out of steam. Mm-hmm. Weston McKenney especially, he kept grabbing like his groin muscle that was allegedly hurt. Uh, and I thought Serginio Dest on one of the plays, Serginio Dest is known for being lightning quick in the Ted Lasso billboard. It said something about his speed. Um, but – there was one ball he tracked down, and I was like, whoa, he looks like he's on his last leg. So both of those dudes were getting gassed, and we kept saying it over and over again, time for a sub, time for a sub. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was at that 60-ish minute mark where the, the Welsh pressure really felt like it was boiling over. Um, and they had that kind of sequence of plays where Matt Turner failed to grab a ball off a corner kick that kind of stumbled around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then subsequently they got, the Wales got another corner, and that was the one where Kiefer Moore – basically had an open goal. Matt Turner made a mistake of coming out yep. and he blazed one right over the, the goal that, that really should have made it one, one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. And so that we brought on Brendan Aronson, which felt like the best move in that moment. Oh, 100%. Um, just to remind our the fans at home, Max, what would you say? Brendan Aronson's like, wh- why does he fit the mold for a one, one sub when the intensity's because he's going to bring a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, and I think as a midfielder, yeah, he, he he's gonna he's the energizer, Brendan. He's gonna be chasing down balls. He's gonna be you know really applying pressure. Um, you know, at a time when a lot of our guys are losing steam. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think yeah, at that midfield position, he he brings exactly what we wanted there. So that, that as a first sub, you're th- you're thinking right on. Like that's what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that exactly fit the situation. And he um, played the pass role super well. I yeah, mean, he was he did he was he yep. was beating guys, but then he would lose the ball and he would immediately win it back. It was fantastic right. to see like multiple times where he lost the ball and just got it right back yeah and that that kind of you know lodge i talked about wanting dest in in my lineup from the very beginning because i felt like our best chance was to get a goal in that first half start strong and then deal with whatever we had to deal with Mm -hmm. and that was kind of what we saw play out 
And as it stood at the beginning of the game, you were looking, you said, I had 11, we had 11 good players on the field. And then we had Brendan Aronson and Gio Reyna off the bench, which truly, there's 32 teams at this World Cup. I bet 20 something of those teams would be dying to have Gio Reyna and Brendan Aronson on the, on the bench. I mean, we, we are mm-hmm. pretty deep at that position. It's, a, it's an exciting thought. Um, and so to get to it, the, the real frustrating things that happened at the end of this game. So, you know, Gio Reyna is not the most intense guy. He's coming off an injury. He's very silky. He's a good creator. And at 1-0, you can conceivably think of a situation where maybe Gio Reyna is not the perfect player for this situation. So at the 74th minute mark, Gio Reyna was not the first guy coming off. Instead, we had Haji Wright doing a striker swap with Josh Sargent. Conceivably, at that point, Josh Sargent was just not getting into the game as much. Um, even though he still probably had a good game. We had Kelly and Acosta coming in for Yunus Musa. Um, Lodge, we were kind of groaning at some of his his play, but it's a little bit to be expected. Yeah, I mean, I think looking at this team, our depth is definitely lacking in that position. As mm-hmm. you talked about at the, the strengths. center mid position. At the center mid position. All right, you talked about our strengths being at the wingers and our backups. Uh, one of our weaknesses is definitely the midfield. When we don't have MMA in, it's more – um, guys that are used to playing in the MLS and not to say that the MLS is at a lower level than that. Um, but Max, Max will say it though. Max will say it. Max <laughs> will say it for me. Um, but when you have guys like McKenny Moose and Adams who have like been playing off of each other for 75, 80 minutes at this point, um, it's difficult to come into a game like that. And it's definitely more difficult when you don't have the experience kind of playing the same way um, that these guys have been playing in their club level. So for coming in and having trying to have Kellen Acosta play and fill mm-hmm. that role that Musa had, not going to happen. The, but the thing is, though, is I, I don't think he played great. But I, I think that's the sub you need to make yep, in that situation. I, I with how tired with you know with Musa, those guys needed to be subbed out, mm-hmm. right? Oh, hundred percent. I don't think there's anyone else. I probably would have taken over Acosta. I think it's the right sub. I think it was the only sub. But like you said, I think it's just a weakness of our team. I don't think we have a lot of depth there. Um, I think that showed itself. But I. I I, I don't have any gripes over that that sub in a vacuum. Um, and it's fun to look around and see, hey, you know, we have Brendan Aronson and Gio Reyna in one spot, and we're still kind of thin in those spots. And I think this, the super silky awesome team you saw today, maybe we, the U.S. has not produced that because there have been so few instances when we've had all the pieces together. But as we get more dudes, as our bench starts filling up with – not just too deep, but five guys that you trust or seven guys that you trust. I mean, England today brought on Foden, Grealish, and, and uh, Marcus Rashford for their second strings. It was absurd. Uh, I think that's the, the direction the U.S. is heading, which is a, a good place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, despite all the, the really positive things that we have to say about the, the talent pool, mm-hmm. um, they got 13 good guys right now, I think. Beyond that, they're still a little bit thin. Uh, the last kind of substitute as part of that triple substitution was DeAndre Yedlin for Serginho Dest. Uh, I thought Yedlin uh, was slow, didn't really – he couldn't combine and keep keep the game calm and quality in the same way that Dest does, mm-hmm. which is your classic MLS versus Europe guy, to be honest. Uh, but I did think he did get some good crosses in. To his credit, I just don't really think there are particularly anybody on the end of it. Um, okay, so to move to the to the bad part, um, Wales was applying pressure. They were, but even Christian Pulisic had a good play late in that half where he was able to find space and get across in that Brendan Aronson missed. But Wales had sufficient pressure, um, and off a quick throw in, they they uh, got it past. 
I believe Jedi Robinson and Kellyanne Costa. There was a bit of a scramble, and Walker Zimmerman stuck his stuck his foot out and went right into the back of Gareth Bale. Um, Lodge, what did you what did you think of the penalty? Was it a penalty? And uh, like, what would you say about Zimmerman's play there? I mean, there's I don't think there's really any doubt whether or not it was a penalty. I think it comes down to our team has a lack of quick awareness um, or lack of big game awareness where you're expecting a quick throw in like that. So for Jedi to not be kind of to be caught on his heels, for lack of a better term, have it be already beaten past you. Um, we're trying to all collapse to the ball. It's quick. Um, it's in the box. People are going to go down in that area anyways. Um, definitely the way that Walker Zimmerman gave up that penalty was unfortunate because he was having a really good game otherwise. Yeah. He was keeping everybody in front of him. He wasn't necessarily giving up anything behind him. Um, he would come out a little bit around half and win balls that necessarily you wouldn't see him out otherwise. Mm-hmm. He was pretty aggressive in that way, and I loved it. Um, but to give up a penalty when Gareth Bale isn't even facing goal. Um, he's facing away from the box and is possibly about to lead it off to somebody, do a turn and shot, um, but to kind of dive into the back of him and give that up, kind of poor. It, to, to reflect on my quote-unquote typical headline, lots of typical attributes being shown. I think you saw Walker Zimmerman, who we like, who we think deserves to play, played his heart out, but you know, at the end of the day, he's probably not at that level where he can go a full 90 minutes without making some yep. sort of error like that mm-hmm. in, in a World Cup. He can do it in World Cup qualifying, but in a World Cup. Um, you can take the MLS the kid out of the MLS. <laughs> you can't take the MLS out of the kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I, I did see get him getting some hate online, which kind of annoyed me, especially yeah. from like Barstool, because it's like, yeah. listen, I guess you guys show, just showed up, and that's part of our <laughs> p- pitch on the podcast. But, like, man, I like this guy, like what he's done for the team, but it's it's a bit of a bummer that he's – He's the face of the school, in other words. But uh, talk about typical play. If you've ever watched Wales at a tournament, this was such a classic Wales game. Looked like crap, did nothing. And as much as you can sit there and go, what was he thinking? Why did he go into the back of him? The threat of Gareth Bale lives so much in these defenders' heads. You have to think of that. And so when Walker Zimmerman sees Gareth Bale about to get a ball, maybe he didn't see him. That's also a possibility. But – you wouldn't be surprised if he's thinking, oh, i, I got to make a challenge on Gareth Bale because he's going to screw us right here late in the game. That's what he's all about. Uh, and so in that way, Wales had a typical game and Bale had a typical game in that he pulled something off. That's literally like the name of their game, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so he stepped up to the penalty, sh- the penalty spot, uh, drilled a bullet onto the right side of the goal that Matt Turner got his – stung his fingertips. We – we all thought for just a second there that he maybe saved it, but, uh, and then it was it was one one in the eighty second minute, and as much as you may may have thought, okay, there probably isn't a goal in here. I'm expecting a draw. What happened next is a source of controversy and very maddening. So, one uh, of you guys want to break that down? <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> To the every every U.S. soccer fan, when they saw that, I was shaking their heads to see to see Jordan Morris um, getting subbed on late ahead of our guy Gio Reyna, um, who we all thought in that situation you'd want to see subbed on. Um, and, and just, I mean, we've talked about it on this on this podcast, but we we don't think Jordan Morris even really deserves to be on this team. So yeah, to, honestly, Max, we haven't talked about it because we didn't think we'd have to talk about Jordan Morris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 
it's just it's disappointing and, and like to see this happen in a world cup i mean we we groan when we see him come on in a world cup qualifier and, and to see this happen on, on this big of a stage is, is really disappointing especially when we got Gio Rana on the bench um who can fit in right in that in that position and it's tough i think lodge what do you think um when i saw him warming up i thought to myself okay um at that point we had had four subs and I thought somebody had to be hurt. I thought it was like, oh, we're just going to put him on and he's going to run around and try to do whatever. And that's okay. I also thought to myself, oh, Gio Reyna has to be hurt in that situation. He cannot be possibly healthy. Yeah. After the game, you see uh, a reporter basically just point blank ask Greg that exact question. You know, why did you sub on Jordan Morris when you had Gio Reyna on your bench? He said at that point, we needed speed and strength up top, which is something that we thought Jordan could provide. At that point in the game, I don't think you need speed and strength. What I do think you need is somebody who can beat a man, break the lines that we had been trying to do for so long that we had seen Brendan Aronson come in and do so well and provide a couple of like our only chances of the second half mm-hmm. um, and hopefully you know give us an opportunity to maybe put one in the back of the net. Jordan Morris is not beating any of those Welsh defenders as they pack it in. He had multiple opportunities where he was in the box and he just shattered away. Shattered away. Um, he played in a terrible ball. Just kind of too high when you have such high, tall center backs. Um, really just expecting too much out of our small forwards. And it was just really, really, really disappointing to see that that was the way that Greg went with the game. Yeah. Um, I think that to reflect once again on typical, it was a typical Jordan Morris cameo where literally nothing happened. Uh, it was unfortunately typical from Greg Berhalter where just something, just such a head scratcher in the way of a personnel decision that always seems to revolve around the MLS man. It's these MLS favorites. We've said it so many times in the crash course mm-hmm. that this is what he does that legitimately holds this team back, and that was exactly what we got. And it's it's such a bummer because, you know, you did expect Wales to clap back a little bit, but to play so well in that first half, have it essentially thrown away, and have the frustration of not putting Gio Reyna on, who almost everyone regards Gio Reyna as the player with the highest ceiling along with Yunus Musa. Like, p- some people think Gio Reyna right now is as good or better than Pulisic, things like that. Mm-hmm. And to have Gio Reyna on your bench and he doesn't play as a World Cup game is crazy. I follow this Dortmund reporter who said, damn, the USA must have just been absolutely killing it to leave Gio Reyna on their bench. He, he's like, I didn't watch, but this must have been the case because – what the hell were they thinking? So uh, another kind of, as somebody put it, <laughs> like that's a fireable offense for Great Berhalter. It, it's so nonsensical that it's a fireable offense. And luckily, I think it will come down to uh, if he can make it out of the group or not. It'll be as simple as that. But that is a fireable offense that's so bad. Yeah, I mean, maybe to put a po- maybe a positive spin on it, which hopefully Greg looks at this situation and, and the performance we saw from Morris all around and is like, all right, Done with this bullshit. <laughs> but, but, dude, that should have happened so long ago. And it's not just Morris, you know? Yeah. It's so many other guys. I don't know. I'm going to hold my tongue on that one. Yeah. All right. Um, some player evaluations ratings. They do this typically. One out of ten, maybe a quick sentence. Uh, so, I know we hit on Matt Turner, but what would you guys give him? Give him a seven-ish, seven and a half. Yeah. I mean, that that's it. He had a great save, but I think other than that, parts where he didn't look great. But yeah, nothing to complain about. Yeah, 
Yeah, yep. I'm, I'm giving him a seven. Definitely a couple shaky moments in the air, coming out on the header, and then that that last moment at the end that he luckily uh, got bailed out on, but uh, huge to make that save. Uh, Jedi Robinson, um, six. Played played super well in some areas, but got beat on the goal or got beat on the build up to the penalty. And every time that he drove with the ball, I was thinking to myself, holy shit, this guy is a train wreck. He could not keep it under his feet and lost it every single time he drove. Yeah, I, I, I had a slightly more favorable impression of, of his performance. I, I thought he looked – I'd probably say seven. I think, I think he looked dangerous. I thought he looked, looked fast up the wing. I think obviously that goalie didn't look great. But I, I, overall, I, I was satisfied with how he played. I don't know. Sam, I'm right there with you on the seven. Obviously, he had the, the throw in. He was a little bit behind. wasn't a disaster. Uh, I think he was he was menacing at times, but he yep. definitely does have this. He does the same thing when he's in the Premier League. He he gets going and then he's just out of control, and there's no stopping, accelerating, putting the foot on the ball, relaxing. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times his crosses just leave a lot to be desired because he's just swinging a boot at it while he's like going a million miles per hour as opposed to calmly putting it in. He did uh, set up Josh Sargent early, and I think I think he was menacing. I think he causes problems. It's just. The cutting edge on the crosses isn't there. Uh, Tim Marine. Nine. Yeah, eight. Great performance. Yeah. Ten out of ten for me. Did exactly what you needed him to do, was the calming presence in that back line, and was definitely our best defensive player in that back line, including Matt Mm -hmm. Turner as well. Uh, I I, I give him a ten. I think he was the man of the match. I thought he was fantastic. Um, And I don't think he had much to do with the the Walker Zimmerman goal, so he should have had a clean sheet. Uh, Walker Zimmerman. Six and a half. Other than the okay. goal, other than the goal, I'm okay with yeah. everything he did. Was very steady, good performance. Cleared everything he should. Came out when he should. Was aggressive enough. Too aggressive on the goal, and can't give him any more credit. Yeah, I'd agree with the six. I, I I think if you give him a goal like that, it's hard to give give him a good rating. But apart from that goal, he was good. So yeah, I'm give, I'm gonna give him a four and a half just because the penalty was not only a penalty but a really bad one. But uh, I I feel really bad for him because I'm uh, I'm really happy with how he played outside of that. But uh, over the right back, Sergio Dest, as we talked about. Six and a half. Didn't, yeah, six. Didn't, think, didn't do anything terrible. Didn't do anything great. Um, made a couple air and passes, as Max mentioned. Agreed, right there, six and a half. Uh, Weston McKenney. First half or second half? We're doing full game performance? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe you can – I'm going to contextualize it under his fitness kind yeah. of restrictions. Yeah, I would say eight, eight and a half. Won every ball that he should have. Um, Gave up a poor yellow. It would have been nice yeah. to not have him coming coming in with the yellow going into these next two games. But yeah, the fitness in the second half wasn't great. Yeah, not gonna, his fault. Yeah. I was going to say seven and a half. I thought he played pretty well. Um, a solid performance considering the fitness. Same seven and a half. Yunus Musa. Eight and a half, nine. Yeah, I was going to say eight. Yeah, he was but, doing what Yunus Musa does. He was taking people on. He was really dynamic in that in the middle part of the field. I thought he was great. Yeah, maybe it was just because because we did the episode on him recently and it was fresh. But it was. So fun to see him do what we said he's going to do, right? Like mm-hmm. that that talent um, that he has of just driving, yeah. running the damn ball. He was yeah. doing it. I give him an eight. He was great. All right. Tyler Adams. Nine. Nine. You, you know that old man. Sorry. I'm gonna, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to let you go. But uh, nine didn't control the ball whenever he would have space. I don't think that's necessarily his fault. I think that's people telling him. Somebody needs to tell him he has nobody within 20 yards of him, and he's just heading the ball back up in the air. It's kind of annoying. But other than that, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm, as I'm sure you guys have seen that that meme of the or that video of the guy, the old man, and that he's being uh, 
interviewed after like a Southampton game and they were like, why are you crying? Why are you crying? And he's like, he just wins that ball so well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Adams, is, he, yeah. he's, his stock was so low in, during the summer because he had such a bad year in Germany. Mm-hmm. And he's lit it up for Leeds, lit it up in this first game. Hot take. I'm going to need to see two more games before I get too hyperbolic, but I think Tyler Adams might be the best player in the U.S. men's national team. He played like it today. Completely controlled the game. Yeah. It was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nine out of ten. Fantastic performance. Christian Pulisic. I mean, I'm going to give him a seven and a half, maybe an eight. I, I think phenomenal pass to, to put Tim Way in. But I think the one th- area where I, I think Pulisic needs to improve, set pieces. The, the delivery on set pieces was pretty pretty bad all day. Um, and I think he needs to get better there. I, I don't think he was great overall, but I, again, he set up that goal, so I, I, I'll give him a seven and a half. He drove super well once he got settled in the game. I think it was pretty much the first 15, 20 minutes was every young player on our team getting settled in the game, so I won't give him any uh, stick for that. But definitely, as Max said, every single set piece, you're just please get it over the first man. Just put up a good yeah. ball in. Great drive. Otherwise, um, beat some guys. It looked good. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Sam Jack theme, seven and a half. It's mind-blowing how bad Plisic is on set pieces um, and just how... I think it's more mind-blowing that we haven't just put somebody else on the set piece. I don't know well, I don't who know else that, we would. That, that, I truly... I don't think we... I think Giorena's the best. Yeah. But, but Yeah. And so that that's another point, right? You get a 90-something minute quarter and you're not going to have a dude who can adequately swing it in. Yeah. Like, you know Plisic can't do it at this stage. Like, how is Reyna not on the field if only for that? Crazy. Like, crazy decision I, I gave Christian plus like a seven and a half it would be an eight because he did such a good job of setting up Tim Weah but um seven and a half uh mm-hmm. just because the, the quality was so bad um on the set pieces so uh Josh Sargent striker probably say about the same I'd say seven and a half I thought he had a good performance overall I think nothing nothing special but I, I think he played great hold he did exactly want to hold up play on that goal um and I think overall he got himself in good position seven and a half he turned a nothing into a something in the first half with that flick on where it hit the bar or hit the post. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly as Max said, did did what you needed and hold up play, fit into Greg's system very well, which is something that Greg puts a lot of stock in. I would say seven and a half, eight as well. Okay, I'm going six and a half. Uh, great, great job in the hold up play. Uh, maybe he got a little bit quiet, went pretty quiet in the second half as many players did, but. Good to see him be the guy, the prince who was promised, as mm-hmm. we said. I think, I think he's the guy for the US Men's national team, um, at least for at least for the short term. Uh, he he, he tracked back well in that second half. Otherwise, okay. I, he wasn't getting the ball. But I mean, there were multiple times where he was behind the ball and winning it when our mm-hmm. midfielders were just gassed. Yeah. So yeah. I'll give him credit for that. I'm a content six and a half for sure. Finally, the goal scorer Tim Weah. Eight. I can't mm-hmm. give him any more because the second half, same thing. It wasn't necessarily his fault, but he wasn't getting involved. Um, that's just kind of the nature of how he plays, getting the ball. He's going to make things happen. But if he's not getting the ball, it wasn't necessarily that he wasn't engaged. It was just like he needs the service. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that first half he looked super dangerous even before that goal. I think he looked fast running down the line, had some good balls in. Um, and with that finish, it's a perfect finish. So, yeah, I would agree with the eight. Uh yeah, I think I'm going to go eight and a half. Uh, he also had that that play, that freak play in the first half where he smartly hit a ball first time um, in, into the box and it bounced off somebody's head and it mm-hmm. drilled the goalie. Yeah, yeah. It almost ended up being an own goal really early. Uh, and whatever his goal uh, 
whatever his goal should give him, just the fact that it gave us that moment. Yeah. <laughs> it felt so good. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's really too bad we couldn't grab the three points, but I'm going to put him at a, a eight and a half for me. Um, <clears throat> uh, just very quickly, some of the subs, just to run through them. Jordan Morris, <clears throat> uh, I think he played pr- – I can even just run through myself. But uh, Jordan Morris was pretty pretty damn poor. You guys butt in if you have, have anything, but did absolutely nothing. Uh, Kelly Acosta, poor – Five out of ten for me. Just his touch is just significantly worse. DeAndre Yedlin significantly worse touch. Uh, all three of these guys are MLS guys that we've talked about. Haji Wright failed to get in the game. Four or five out of ten for me. And then uh, who was the last guy? Brendan Aronson was okay. I give him like a six. He was he was good in transition and ran a lot. I'm gonna throw it out and say Haji didn't play that bad. Okay. Um, tall striker that's definitely why he's there he's a guy that's going to get hold up play that's what we needed at the time and he didn't do bad at all in that sense I think there was multiple times that first ball that was played into him was crazy and he had a fantastic touch to it and I think that just set the tempo for his game the entire game whenever he got the ball or what he did what he needed to do it was just the rest of the guys around him unfortunately didn't have it all yeah and as uh just to to wrap up all this player talk you know uh Matt Turner after the game uh, was actually somewhat upbeat, and he said, hey, you know what, this was the first World Cup game that everyone except DeAndre Yedlin played in. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, same for Wales, right? But uh, these guys are young players as well. So, And Wales has played in major tournaments like the Euros. So it, it it's not the end of the world. It's disappointing, but it's not the end of the world. Um, so off the back of that, how do we feel about this going into this England game? Just, just thoughts. Um, in, in the wake of England's 6-2 thrashing of Iran. Iran looked terrible. They looked like they had lots of other stuff on their mind. And England didn't exactly look like the old England. They looked like they uh, kind of let, let the reins free a little bit. And uh, the, the talent showed. So how are we feeling going into this England game, particularly within the U.S. camp? I think it's disaster control. I think the way that this game is set up is what it's going to come down to is how – Little we lose to England and how much we beat Iran by to move on. That is how I think of this game. And so I would say it's not – disaster control is not the right word, but it's okay. it's more like um, how competitive can we be and how positively attacking we can be. With only one shot on target in that first game, despite looking fantastic for the vast majority of the first half, um, can we get any positives going into that last game? Because the last game is where we're going to earn our – kind of earn our keep here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's about can we get a point? I mean, that would be really, I think, you know, obviously we'd like to win. But, I mean, if we could get a point, I mean, that's pretty – that would be incredible. If we can um, get a point, If yeah. we can fight and scratch and, and figure out a way to do that, that would be, I think, a statement tie um, not for the U.S. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and I think I mean, we talked about Tim Marine having a great game. He's going to have to have that game times two um, mm-hmm. if we want to have a chance of doing that. So I think – it's going to be a lot. It's going to be, the tension is going to be on Zimmerman and, and Reem. Um, it's going to be a tough game. We're going to need to see, you know, hopefully some match fitness improvements. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a grind um, for sure. It's hard not to throw my own like sentiment and excitement at that first half at things, but like I almost just want to put the same team on the field because I saw what they did in that first half. And yeah, you know, as much as people have been making all these lineups of oh, I want Aronson against England because he can do this and this. I struggle right now to commit to anybody I'd rather see on the field, as we mentioned earlier in the episode. I kind of just want to throw the same dudes out there. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Brendan Aronson is going to be an asset against England just in case they have the ball and he's running all over the place. Like He's somebody you got to be ready to throw on at halftime. But um, 
But yeah, so just to finally, last thing, go through what this looks like. So we got England next and Wales and Iran play. And then we finish with Iran and Wales versus England. So, and you guys can help me out here because I haven't walked through it all. We're looking at England with a plus four goal difference and more importantly, three points. The U.S. and Wales with a zero goal difference and one point, And Iran with a minus four goal difference and zero points. So, what are we rooting for in the Wales-Iran game? Any chance that Iran could tie or, or beat Wales? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not lo- looking at that first game. I think it's not likely we'll see that. But yeah, I, I, if there's any chance that could happen, that'd be great. I, <laughs> yeah, I think Wales probably isn't going to do the second half strategy of throwing three number nines up top against Iran. I think they're going to have to come and actually play a little bit more cohesive soccer. And I haven't seen that from them yet this tournament. So <laughs> I still, Iran couldn't do it either. So Iran couldn't do it happen, either. Man. Yeah, so I can hold out hope. Um, four goals against you is not good for Iran. I honestly cannot see them moving forward. Um, if they can pull out a tie, that would be fantastic. And I would thank them for that. That, mm-hmm. that is pretty much all you can hope for from for, this game. Completely forgiven? <laughs> Uh, jury, <laughs> all debts, yeah, all debts. Given. Jury's still out on that one, probably not. Yeah, we're, we won't make that decision today. <laughs> oh, we got to talk about. You know, we didn't get into the the nitty gritty on what's actually going on in Iran. Nitty gritty seems like a stupid term to throw around with very bad things. Uh, but <laughs> but but a uh, very cool moment for the, from Iran uh, soccer players to to not be singing the anthem today. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys both saw that, but ballsy. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that is cool. Yeah. So, let's not let's not say any more about that. But so if so, what we're looking at, I think we assume that we lose to England. I'm not trying to be like that. It's just for the sake of this, right? So we, we're sitting on one realism. Mm-hmm. So if if they tie, we're looking at one point for Iran, one point for Wales, zero goal difference. At that point. You're gonna have to overturn that goal difference somehow, and and uh, I guess just if England beat Wales and you can beat Iran, you're you're in in that in that golden scenario. I, I suppose there's too many scenarios to really talk it all out. Right. <laughs> but um, I, I think one thing that probably goes against us that makes this draw particularly disappointing is that if England beats us, England is likely gonna throw their quote unquote second string which is a bunch of really talented players at Wales in the final game, that mm-hmm. third game. Um, and so theoretically, if England throws their best at us and their second best at Wales, that doesn't help us in terms of a goal difference in the event that Wales and us ended up on the same number of points. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit dis- disadvantageous for us. But I suppose the, the overwhelming conclusion should be there's lots of soccer to play. 100%. Yep. And I think it's just min-max. Next game, minimum. Minimize the mistakes you make. Minimize the number of goals you give up. Maximize it against Iran. Maximize the goals you score. Right. And uh, as much as that's saying we're going to lose to England as a sake of the argument thing, like we can go play and be fearless and maybe turn ourselves more into the the USA team of old that tied England 1-1 and was scrappy. Maybe we just look a bit different in this next one. Mm -hmm. Um, and you never know. That's why you play the games. Yeah. I mean, we don't, you know, unluckily, we don't have Rob Green in that this year. So <laughs> that doesn't help us, but mm-hmm. we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Maybe pick Jordan Pickford of England will ser- serve us up a goal on a golden platter again. But uh, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the us just getting getting stuff off our chest. No, no fun, uh, no fun little clips or videos or anything like that. But just, 
just raw disappointment, I guess. But right. excitement for the yeah, next let's game. Go. A, lot of, a lot of soccer to be played. Yep, yep. Uh, we will be up at 4 a.m. for Argentina, Saudi Arabia tomorrow. It's a World Cup, baby. It's not all about the U.S. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yep. it. Great podcast, guys.